Welcome to episode four of the Ask Polina podcast, where we talk about all things health, wellness, business, and parenting related. I'm so excited to be here. I'm actually in California. If you can hear the rain in the background, we are recording this episode from the car driving back from LA after just visiting my brand new nephew and celebrating my uncle's birthday. And you guys, I'm so excited. I have two very special guests with me today. My amazing mom, Dr. Lola Gershfeld. Hi everyone. And my incredible father, Jack Gershfeld. Hi, everyone, but I'm really busy driving, so I may be just listening for now. <laughs> All right, in this episode, we are going to talk about how incredibly amazing you are. Is that what we're talking about today? <laughs> so, um, I just thought that this would be a good opportunity to just discuss some of the things that we just recently recorded in a podcast for my mom's podcast. For those of you who love podcasts, you can actually find her podcast. It's called A Leader in You. And we, the leader in you, and we were just talking about the impact of how emotions play in our relationships in business. And last week I did a podcast about emotions and how it translates to your health. And I really, really would love to share the science because you guys know how much I love the science of all these kinds of things and what happens to the cells and what happens to our body. But you guys, you think I'm an expert in this stuff? My mom is literally the science expert when it comes to everything that has to do with your brain. So I'm going to pass the mic over to my mom and she's going to give us a really incredible and very simple to understand uh, explanation of how the science of how our emotions affect our body and how they work in the brain. Thank you, Paulina. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. So emotions are really powerful in our body and our brain actually responds to emotions and are managed by emotions because it's part of our survival code. We are bonding mammals and when we lose that connection or we get a sense that we become disconnected from maybe looking at the facial expression and seeing anger or rejection or disappointment or hearing the words other people uh, say, for example, uh, judgment or criticism or blaming, we get panicked. Our brain goes into that sense of disconnection. And as soon as we feel disconnected, our mammalian brain goes into panic. And this isn't because we are immature or we're not strong enough, it's because we have a mammalian brain. And what the mammalian brain tells us is that being alone with no one watching our back and looking out for us is dangerous. And indeed it is. Because if you think about um, as human beings, we, when we are born, we are helpless for a very long time. So if our parents desert us and turn away from us, it's a life-threatening situation for us. So if you think of disconnections in that same term, the brain, the mammalian brain interprets disconnections as a life 
life-threatening scenario, situation. So everything becomes dangerous. It's like everything becomes drama, like the screen gets larger, the emotions become higher, and our vo voice uh, becomes uh, louder. louder, our speech becomes faster, All or we shut down and uh, we try to preserve the connection. So our mammalian brain tells us that we want to get that connection back. And uh, what's very interesting about it, um, I, uh, Naomi Eisenberger did a study at UCLA on the, how the brain responds to facial expression of rejection. And basically she said that our brain processes rejection in that same place as physical pain. So looking and seeing rejection on somebody's face is the same as stepping on the nail. The body, the brain responds the same way. Okay, I just have to stop you right here because this is so, so amazing for me. Uh, I First, I wanted to just do a quick recap so you guys understand um, what my mom was sharing. So we are in, like it's wired in our brain to respond in a way where we have to survive. So actually millions and millions of years ago, we had this single, this is how cells came about. We had these single celled organisms and the single celled organisms, they actually learned to uh, attract each other and come together because they actually survived. They had a greater survival rate when the cells were together as opposed to when they were alone. So it is actually wired from our birth that we have, have to be connected with other people in order to survive. This is the way that we survive as human beings. So when we feel like there is a disruption in that natural survival need that we are all born with, then we have these different behaviors and automatic protective and thoughts and behaviors that we learned in our childhood that we respond to. And then because of those responses, we don't not, not typically are taught how to respond in a way to stay connected with people, but we are typically taught a response that maybe pushes people away, that gets them further from us, that gets a relationship becomes more difficult, more distant. And because of that happening, then our heightened state of uh, survival, it's not no longer, we don't no longer feel safe. We all feel like we are in this survival mode and we don't even realize it. We don't even recognize when we can sense someone's facial, facial reaction and then respond. We don't oftentimes know what's happening with us. And I talked a little bit about this last week when I discussed uh, the different emotions and how we respond physically to the different emotions. But it is so, so interesting to really understand that it is very true when we do have that response and we are able to recognize or understand how to stay connected with someone and stay close on an emotional level, then we kind of get into that heightened response where we're constantly in survival mode and we're not thriving. So um, also just to recap, my mom said that when you look at someone when just by the facial expression 
So we can actually feel someone's feelings just by their facial expression, by their tone of voice, by their body language. There's so much of that that happens without them actually having to even say that something's going on with them or they're not feeling good or they're feeling uncomfortable. Or like, it's like when you say, I can cut the energy with scissors or a knife in the room. You don't have to say anything to know there's something going on. And oftentimes we're just not aware of what's happening within us when we have a conflict or a situation where we've gotten triggered in a relationship. So all of this relates to health because our mental health is so, so, so important. And um, I just love the science. One of the other things my mom says is that sarcastic comments are like low blow punches to the brain. So people who like to use sarcasm, sarcasm as a way to connect oftentimes it becomes long-term there's a lot of long-term negative effects on that because of how sarcasm affects the brain so you could just see someone's facial expression and you could feel the same kind of pain as if you were punched or hit or hurt physically Um, and that's just another really good example to see how our body physically responds to different feelings and emotions. I am passing the mic back to my mom because she's got more good stuff to say. It's a really good um, point, Palina, what you said, is how, how emotions impact our health and well-being and even our logical thinking, our ability to connect with other people, our ability to empathize and collaborate. Um, there was another study by Lisa Feldman Bennett who said that um, by naming emotions, you actually help people, um, help to relax the amygdala, which allows for the, our brain to be open and responsive and more collaborative. So if you want to learn how to use effective strategies to reconnect with somebody, you need to learn how to tune into your emotions and you need to learn how to express and identify what is it that you feel so the more specific you can be with identifying emotions the better your brain will be responsive to the stressful situation so our brain likes organization so in a way when you are naming emotions you are organizing your brain to make sense of the situation uh, we had a, we had an interesting uh, situation with um, uh, with you, Padina, uh, where I um, made a comment, and um, and then like you you thought that um, it really affected me um, in in a positive way, but actually uh, you were sharing something that you did with kids, and it kind of it triggered me, and uh, then I felt sad. And you said, Mom, well, how come you didn't call me and let me know what is it that you need? Well, for me to really recognize what is it that I need in that moment to reconnect, I need to be able to slow my emotions down, to tune into my uh, body, to recognize and name my emotions. And then once I go through that process, identifying my fears, I'm able to now be more clear, what is it that I need to feel safe and connected? Uh, That's one of the very important tools to learn how to be more self-aware. So 
Paulina, you were, we were talking about alliance, remember? And the more aligned you are with how you feel, the more accessible you are to your emotions, the more you can recognize and name your emotions, the better you can self-regulate and self-manage your emotions so you can become more in balance. And so that's a lot of, um, that's very important in alliance. So one of the things that I um, was reading in the class that I'm studying right now um, in the book called The Biology Belief by Bruce Lipton, there's a doctor, a psychologist there that he was quoting and she said, emotions are more contagious than a virus or bacteria. So imagine all of the things that we do with essential oils and with juicing and with detoxing and with changing our eating lifestyle just to prevent a virus or prevent a bacteria from spreading, from getting worse, to heal our body, to recover from these things. And yet we are so uneducated, unaware of the tools that we need to use to help regulate and uh, deescalate our emotions. So you're probably wondering, my mom mentioned just a few tools that are helpful in understanding becoming self-aware. But yeah, it gets, I think it gets overwhelming. We hear this kind of stuff and how important it is to work on ourselves and, you know, work on our emotions. And, and it's like, where do we even begin with that? How do we become self-aware? How do we understand what's happening with us? How do we identify the feelings and share in that space? It can be very overwhelming and it can be a lot to process because it's just learning a new language. It's like learning to understand using different words and when you could possibly be or have have learned a language that keeps your amygdala stressed in survival mode with fear then you know it can get very very difficult to learn relearn how to create a safe enough space to feel calm and responsive engaged and and uh, accessible. So one of the things, uh, there's definitely really great process. I always recommend, uh, there's actually a website you guys could go to. It's uh, couplestlc.com, couplestlc.com. It's C-O-U-P-L-E-S-T-L-C.com. And that is a phenomenal place that you can go and reach out. If you'd like to connect with someone, a therapist that could help you learn, the process is called Emotionally Focused Therapy. And uh, it's an attachment-based practice. You can go and connect with incredible therapists that are very, very well-versed in this practice that could help support you learning this new language. Um, You can also find out more information. Uh, You can just contact me as well. Um, And some of the tools I could tell you from my experience, number one is the best way to understand what's happening with you and how your emotions, how you respond and what your emotions are and what your tricks are is to actually understand what happens to you in a conflict. So um, my kids are in the car too, and, and one of them is playing with a Rubik's Cube, and I think it's phenomenal. My dad has taught them how to use the Rubik's Cube and how to solve the Rubik's Cube. So, um, so yeah, this is, this is one of the, one of the the tools to use is to first get into a conflict 
I know that sounds so silly, but instead of looking at conflicts or maybe you call them fights or arguments or, you know, maybe you have a, typically I used to say fights, arguments, those are very commonly used in the language of emotions. We say disconnections or conflicts, but one of the things that you can do is to get into a conflict and recognize what happens to you. Number one is how are you feeling physically? Like that is very, very, very important. Where do you feel it? Do you feel it in your stomach? Do you feel it in your chest? Do you feel it in your neck, your shoulders, your back? Where do you feel it? And then another thing is to just slow down. Anytime we're in a conflict, our emotions go very, very quick. And we get very, very caught into the, the situation, the cycle. And then we respond so automatic based on how we were wired. And um, so it just takes the opportunity for us to slow down, understand what's happening with us and where are we feeling in our body. And then being able to use the feeling words to identify how we're feeling. And if it's difficult for you, I totally get it. Um, I, I oftentimes said, I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. And that's a signal that it's not fine. So, so if there's ever a moment or a situation you have with someone or a relationship and you say, I'm fine, that is a sign that most likely it's not fine. So identifying specifically the feelings that you're experiencing. So it could be disturbed. It could be disgusted. It could be sad, hurt, you know, angry, um, upset. There's so many feeling words and then just creating space to express them. Uh, Oftentimes that is such a huge step already in learning how to help you to become more aware of what's happening inside of you. So if, if you are, uh, you know, similar to what I've experienced is withdrawing. I'd rather not talk about my feelings. I'd push them down. I felt a lot of pain in my stomach. That was very, very common for me. From that came a lot of physical stomach issues that I had, digestive issues. So it's very common to push feelings down, not talk about them, push them away. But the more you hide from them, the more that we push them down, the harder it becomes. So like I mentioned last week, you guys, better better out than in. Both are difficult. Both are difficult. But if you can have the opportunity to just slow down, you slow down, take note of what happened and recognize where you feel it physically and then just be able to identify your feelings. And I think what I'm going to do is maybe pull up the sheet that I had mentioned last weekend and share some of those feeling words with you guys. Um, If you do have a pen and paper, you can write those things down. Some of the phrases that also are really helpful for you to help feel heard, understood. Oh, wait, you guys. Oh, my God. This is magical. My mom actually has a form here in the car. Look at how awesome is that? We don't have to wait till next week. It's right here. So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to get yourself a pen and a paper. And I'm going to share. There are three different levels of emotions. And the reason why these are negative emotions. The reason why we talk about these negative emotions, because this is how, when we get into a place where we feel that negativity, this is how we can learn more about ourselves. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not bad. We get to normalize how important it is to have feelings, to express them, to identify them, to know that they are part of us. You guys, if you've watched the Wednesday show, at the beginning of the Wednesday show, for those of you who know that character, 
she is supposed to be a character with no feelings. She's got no heart. She doesn't express her feelings. And then she becomes into a space where she does start to express her feelings. And this is important. We literally can't survive without understanding that we are feeling beings. We are not here as robots. So, so some of the soft, okay, I think that was 30 seconds. There are softer surface, softer and primary emotions. So some surface emotions are frustrated, annoyed, irritated, and shut down. Angry is also very common and a surface emotion. There's more, there's about 15 or 20 or so. And then we have the softer emotions. We have softer emotions such as helpless, hopeless, panicked, rejected, failing. Some of my favorite ones, not heard, not valued. Those are my favorite ones. Embarrassed, those are softer emotions. And then we have primary emotions that include fear, sadness, shame, and surprise. So there's four primary emotions. So underneath the surface emotions, we have softer emotions. Underneath those softer emotions, we have primary emotions. So as you uncover what is happening with you in a cycle or in a situation or an argument, whatever you call it, you can actually go down like an elevator into these deeper levels to really get to the root. And this is so incredible because it aligns so perfectly with naturopathic healing and holistic health is that when we deal with a health, physical health issue, we want to go to the deepest level. We want to understand where is the root cause of this health problem so that we can address that as opposed to trying to cover up all these symptoms. And all of the different cognitive behavioral practices and the different tools that we have taught that are not effective ways of communicating and connecting with people are like a band-aid. Just like in the health world, it's just like a band-aid. It puts a band-aid on these issues and we think it's better, but it's actually not. So in this process, we're going down really deep to the root cause of what's happening inside of us. So not only do we feel freedom in releasing these experiences and these expressions of ourselves, but also we feel much more connected with people, which is what we are wired to do. So take a deep breath good news is all of this is pre-recorded so what you guys can do is you can just play back this podcast anytime you'd like to listen to this over and over and over again of course because I know you love to hear my voice but also this information is so educational and so empowering all right you guys that's another episode of ask Polina you guys are awesome thank you so much for listening I love all of you so much and I will see you next Sunday at the ask Polina podcast bye